When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome back to another kind of funny MCU in review rewatch. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by Andy Cortez. Hello. Joey Noel. Hello. And Nick Scarpino. Hello. Hello, everybody. Today we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 for the second time. Third time, I guess, technically, because we did, we reviewed Guardians 2 when, when it came out on like a screencast or whatever we called it back then. Mm-hmm. And then we did the in-review. But now this is our first time. That was just like a weird, different kind of offshoot show. Yeah, I remember back in the exactly, day. Exactly, exactly. Or Reacts. That's what we called it back then. I don't even I think, think I was on that, by the way. Was yeah, I? I don't, I don't know. I, was, I think the first one I was on was Ragnarok. Wow. Yeah. God. There's a lot of stuff going and on. And that was, that was back in the day when we would watch the Thursday night release and then Come record home. right immediately yeah. afterwards. Those God. are the fun days. Yeah, we did <laughs> that. That's the days we were like, I'm not getting home till two o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that was Force Awakens as well. And yeah, it's so funny because when uh, Guardians 2 first came out, uh, it was, I think, the f- actually, no, it was the first ever movie that Kind of Funny got to watch as a screener. Oh, and wow. And Greg and I got to go early. And it was the first time we ever did that, which is fun because now we get to do it for pretty much everything. That's yeah, pretty cool. Uh, but it was funny because we did it, and the reason we got invited was because it was the debut of Marvel Games back in uh, oh. twenty. When was it? I guess uh, 20, May 2017. And uh, so we got to go to this uh, this event down in downtown SF, and they introduced Marvel Games. They're like, "Hey, we're working on a bunch of projects," and like they started announcing some things, and it's so funny how quaint that was to now be like, well, now they have Spider-Man and Miles Morales and Wolverine and like all the different and Avengers. Uh, but like, dang, they, they did the thing. So it's crazy how time works there. Uh, but whatever, enough being nostalgic about that stuff. Let's get nostalgic about movies. Of course, this is kind of funny. It's in review where each and every week we get together to rank, review, and recap different movie franchises. Whether you love movie franchise or hate a movie franchise, chances are we have ranked, reviewed, and recapped it. And you can get all of it on YouTube dot com slash kind of funny roosterteeth.com or by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review and we'll be right there for you of course right now we are doing our guardians rewatch leading into guardians of the galaxy volume three which we will be adding to this illustrious show next week very very excited about all of that we're planning on getting a spoiler free review of it going up as a screencast as well uh before that um we don't know embargo information or other things but once we do you guys can stay tuned for that and be excited. So go subscribe right now to the Kind of Funny in review feed and the screencast feed and 
That way, you won't miss a thing. Um, if you want to support us even more, though, patreon.com slash kindoffunny is where you want to be because uh, you get to watch the show ad-free. You get to watch live as we record it. You get a whole bunch of bonus shows. Uh, it's a great deal for everyone. Uh, patreon.com slash kindoffunny. Shout out to our Patreon producers, Tripod++, Plus Plus, James Hasting, Casey Andrew, Nathan Lamoth, and Al Tribesman. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, today we're brought to you by Honey and Rocket Money, but I'll get to that later. We're talking Guardians 2, everybody. Released on May 5th, 2017, making it the 15th project in the MCU. Uh, it was in Phase 3. It was the third out of 11 movies. Um, Kevin is bringing up the embargo right now. Can I see it again? Can I see uh, yeah, it? Yeah, they, they can't see it. I'm just showing it just to you. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, well, uh, subscribe to the well, feeds, yeah, and you'll, no, you'll no, get no. it when you get it, everybody. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this is the uh, third out of 11 films in Phase 3 of the MCU. Um, and a uh, fun fact about the timing, a little sad thing here. Uh, James Gunn revealed that he and producer Kevin Feige wanted David Bowie to appear in a cameo, but Aww. he unfortunately died uh, in, in 2016, so Damn, they weren't able to, to pull it together. They did get... Hasselhoff, though. Oh, man. You know, the I tell you what. They got the hop, man. <laughs> I tell you what. That's just the best. It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, this one had a runtime of two hours and 17 minutes, once again directed by James Gunn, uh, and once again written by James Gunn. Uh, the music was, again, Tyler Bates, uh, budget of 200 mil, box office of $869 million, making it the eighth highest grossing film of 2017, while also outgrossing its predecessor. I want to put that in context a little bit. It being the eighth highest grossing in 2017 while doing better than Guardians 1, when Guardians 1 was the third highest grossing of that year, it just shows how much like franchises have like took over and how much the MCU and Star Wars kind of like made the box office numbers like just out of this world. Eighth highest of 2017? Yeah. What the hell else was that's, 2017? That's the thing. You guys have some guesses? 2017. A John Wick? No John Wick. Force Fast and Furious awakened. must have come out. There must have been a Fast and Furious. That was a, that maybe seven. Transformers of last night. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is, oh, we, we had this a moment before when we did uh, in review. I was like, that's weird. Guardians is number eight uh, at 869 million. At number seven, Wolf Warrior 2. What yeah, makes sense. That? A Chinese movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. That uh, was real big in China. So that's, that's wild. Coming at 870. So just one million away. Uh, but above that, Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh. oh, okay. Spider-Man Homecoming at number six. Number five, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. That was fun. It was fun. I'm kind of surprised it did that well. I would have never guessed that. I think that might have been the last, like, star power of the rock <laughs> transferring to box office yeah yeah i wonder how well the second one did uh Not that well then uh despicable me three coming in at number four number three was the fate of the furious so mm. fast eight i knew there was an eight in there number two beauty and the beast emma watson yeah powerful the power powerful of the stuff. what, what uh, well, i like good. i think i totally <laughs> skipped that which is such an upset because i love beauty and the beast and i just knew this is going to be the start of a very bad trend. Even though I think Jungle Book kind of started, but Jungle Book ruled. Cinderella was before that, too. Really? They yeah. made a Cinderella one? With mm -hmm. Lily James. Shut the freak up. Wow. And uh, mm -hmm. Rob Stark. Oh, wow. And Rob Schneider. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he was in it, too. <laughs> I, for, what is that? I, was, I thought you were going to say Rob Schneider. I was like, God. They both play the bad. prince. They <laughs> 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 just popped out. <laughs> uh, and then number one, Star Wars. Very experimental. Uh, okay, that makes oh, sense. Oh, okay. Last Jedi, one forgot. Damn, the Last Jedi, it's so funny. If you said 2017, that's when The Last Jedi came out. I'd have been like, no, nah, dude, The Last Jedi came out in 2005, 2004. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought it was years ago. It, it seems like 2017 was just a tour. Like, I don't know. My, all my time frames are That was my first year. That was my first year kind of funny when Tim was like, 
hey man, we're getting ready for Fate of the Furious. Do you want to watch all the Fast and Furious movies? They're like, nah. Give me a give me a little project. Here we are. Yeah, here we are. It was your Twitter battle. You were watching like seven right before we left for the movie theater. <laughs> it was. It was. What a what a life, man. Here we are. The road to ne- to ten. The road to ten begins. Ten. Uh, by the way, the of course. Road oh, to ten. I love it. I love dude, it, Joe. Un- dude, ten. Endgame was four years ago, dude. Yeah. Like four years ago today, today. Yeah. as of us recording this, Endgame was four wow. years ago. What's up, Kev? Roger has seen very few of the Fast and the Furious movies. Project ten coming out. I hey. think the challenge needs to be put out there once more. Here's a I might need to change it. Yeah, because I, I I think if I remember correctly, um, actually give me one sec. Let me verify this. Uh, yeah. So next week we're doing Guardians three. Then we're gonna do Fast Nine rewatch and then Fast Ten. That's, that's how close we are. Crazy. That's, that's how close we are. I know nothing about Fast. 10. And you know I've what happens after that, Nick? What's that? Into the Spider Verse rewatch and then across the Spider Verse. That's wow. what I'm really excited yeah. about. Yeah. Really because. <laughs> Yeah. Can they make a John Wick Five already? <laughs> Just fucking get it. Figure it <laughs> out. They're gonna guys. get it. Get ballerina <laughs> next year. Are the Kane spinoff? Uh, anyways, that's all, all. All that stuff. I do have some fun stats for you, Andy. I know you love the numbers. Here. You love some things here. According to the visual effects artist, Ego's planet contains one trillion polygons. At the time of the film's release, it was considered to be the biggest visual effect ever made. Real pretty. That's wild. Wow. And um, Vin Diesel recorded Groot's voice for 16 foreign language releases of the film, up from six from the first one. Yes, Nick. Did he wear like? Did he sit on the ground? Like, what did he do for this one? His method. I, I don't have any yeah. uh, any stats on like if the stilts got taller for this one or shorter. Maybe. Shorter, yeah, I don't know. Shorter. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm yeah. not. I'm not so sure. Um, they built a fake camera that was like really large <laughs> to kind of make him like, feel to yeah. scale. They poured soda on his head occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, in terms of awards, it received a nomination for best visual effects at the Academy Awards, but it did not win. Can I ask a general question? Of course, of course you may, Joe. Um, um, why does do we know why Vin Diesel does press stuff for this, but Bradley Cooper doesn't? You know, it, it's weird. There's a lot of misinformation about this going around. Bradley, Bradley Cooper does because <laughs> oh. I don't ever feel like we see him in cast pictures. So people, do we? So there was a tweet going viral saying Bradley Cooper never does anything, and someone replied like, "Yes, he does." And there was a ton of pictures of him. At Maybe other ones. It just seems that whatever timing wise for this one, he's just not there. Oh my oh. god, I saw those tweets, and in my mind, I was like. Give him a break, dude. He almost just lost his leg in an accident. Yeah, snowplow. <laughs> I just, snowplow. I, like, you just kind of brought that to my attention. Like, I'm, I was thinking of Hawkeye the whole yeah. time. <laughs> Do you think that there's, like, an undercurrent of people that are just like, oh, Vin's going to be there? <laughs> yes, not of going. course. If Vin's going to be dude. there, I don't want to go. Of I'm course, go. because these people are, like, they're, they're traveling to, like, they were in Tokyo. And if I'm the rest of the cast, I'm looking at Vin like, oh, man, Vin Diesel has to come. Hey, dude. <laughs> Happy Creative <laughs> Sunday, all right? Yeah, <laughs> Happy Creative Sunday on a Wednesday, everybody. Um, all right, love, no, 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 the love. bullshit. Nick Scarpino, what did you think upon this rewatch of Guardians 2? You know, we talked about it last week. We said, are we going to eat our words? Are we gonna, is, is Guardians of the Galaxy 1 that good that it's going to be better than 2 when we rewatch it? And I'm happy to say, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 2 ranks higher on our list, correct? Yes. I think that is by accurate. By one spot. I think that is absolutely accurate. Or, I, no, no. I think it's like a handful spots. of spots. <laughs> um, I I am I'm taken aback by how much I love this movie every time I watch it. I think um, the one drawback of the film is that it is not a um, a grand space adventure like the first one is. But I think what they lack in locations, they more than make up for in finding the characters and finding those character dynamics in this one. And really, that, at the end of the day, that's what we love about Guardians of the Galaxy. It's about setting up those incredible emotional moments where characters that we didn't necessarily know or we hated or were villains 
all of a sudden come full circle and we start to love them and, and welcome them into the group. Um, we have those wonderful moments punctuated by Mantis taking one right to the head. And then Drax just a split second too late going, Mantis, watch out. <laughs> those, the humor in this movie is, is where I think it goes full James Gunn humor. And, you know, sometimes it, does, it goes a little too far. I always talk about the taser face joke as being my least favorite joke in all of the MCU. It might be my least favorite joke in like any comedy movie I've ever seen before. But there's legitimately moments in this movie where Drax makes me laugh out loud. It's so dumb. It's so heartfelt. It's so fun in so many different ways. Um, and it's probably the most emotionally poignant of, of the two. Um, we'll see. I'm sure three will be will hit us right in the feels as well. But I love this movie. It's a pleasure to rewatch it. And it really got me uh, really, really excited to watch Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Joey Noel, before I ask your opinion, I just want to let you know that when we were watching last night, mm -hmm. Cool Greg Sagamora, and was like, oh my God, it looks exactly like Joey's <laughs> hair. And I was like, what if I told you that that's yeah. exactly why Joey has it? But yeah. anyway, you nailed it, Joe. Thanks. But what do you think about this movie? <laughs> As I was watching it last night, I was watching the scene where she and Peter are like on the balcony. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this is the exact picture I gave my hair girl. Love that. <laughs> and I was like, I want that exactly. And as I was watching, I was like, mm, maybe I'll grow back out. Um, I. I think unabashedly love this movie. Um, it's the perfect mix, like Nick's, Nick was saying, of really hitting the comedy beats. I think the Drax and the Mantis uh, combination is just the the literal plus the like so earnest is like such a great combination. I love <laughs> what a little shit Baby Groot is. I forgot how much that I love the scene of them in the jail cell and him him like going and grabbing. So stupid. <laughs> it's the best. He's like he thinks it's a hat. <laughs> I know he's really glad it's not a hat. I just <laughs> like hats. Hats are confusing to him. Yeah. I just have the most visceral memory of sitting next to Kevin and us like uncontrollably laughing in that moment because so fun. It's that thing Tim always mentions of like, is it going to go too far? It has come full circle and it's even funnier now because yeah. it keeps on going. Like, man, I was like out of breath laughing at that moment. The yeah. toe is that moment where like, we're just not going to talk about this. <laughs> Continue. Um, I think all of you get so much of Peter in so many different ways. You see him with Gamora, Peter. him with uh, Ego. I love, I mean, I'm like a sucker for Kurt, Kurt Russell. Everyone I think is. he plays like such, he has such wide range in this. I think it's so excellent. Um, I love that we see the like impulsive emotional Peter that comes back in Endgame to kind of come full circle and you see like all those hints of that. I just think it's an excellent movie. The music, they picked like some Joey ass musical picks in this between Fleetwood Mac, Sam Cooke, like uh, the Jay and the American song that plays during the Arrow scene and stuff like that. I think the action set pieces are more fun than or more memorable, I guess, than the first one between the opening and the Arrow scene. I just think it's like an excellent movie. The one thing that I don't, I never really understand is why Sylvester Stallone. Awesome. Like it's just why like not? a weird little thing that it's just like this is clearly like either James Gunn was a big someone was a big fan and was like, can we do this? And they're like, sure. And then it doesn't really do much. Gotta assume it's much James Gunn. Oh, yeah. 100%. yeah. James Gunn, you you is a hundred percent a huge fan of Stallone, probably from the eighties, nineties. Yeah. And was just like, Do you want to do a cameo in this? But also like not it's not just Stallone. It's also Ving Rames at the end, right? And Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> And yeah. Miley Cyrus <laughs> and Miley Cyrus, like he got that whole squad of people, yeah. like everyone's Every notable in that. that, and it's hilarious that they just were like, "Who wants to like?" They yeah. got that crew. To, I mean, they got Michelle Yeoh, just yeah. <laughs> like the Dude. last little bit there. It's ridiculous, a pointless thing. Yeah, but I have to respect it because if I was of like James Gunn caliber, I would also pull as many strings as I could to get like people that I liked and stuff. Um, but I'm so happy. 
I am nervous because I feel like I'm going to be emotionally devastated on Thursday, and I don't know that I'm prepared for that. Yeah. Andy Cortez. Uh, I love this movie, dude. I, I always have. I feel like when we talked about are we going to enjoy it more than part one, and maybe we, uh, after rewatching part one, we're like, damn, actually, it's better than I remember it being, you know? I think that this one and part one have um, different strengths and different weaknesses. Um, I feel like part one, uh, the humor hit a lot. And then in this one, it's like the superstar who's just like chucking up every shot. And I don't think all the humor lands, but more of it lands because there's just more of it in total, mm -hmm. right? Um, I, as much as we don't love CGI bullshit fights at the end, I think this is maybe like my favorite way of doing that sort of thing. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Pac-Man thing. I like that didn't really hit for me this time around, but all of the character arcs adding more emotional uh, resonance to, uh, to Drax's storyline, having him and Mantis getting more with Rocket kind of understanding his place in the group. And man, like even though, I can be an asshole. They won't push me away because they love me. Like all of that stuff just comes so perfectly full circle. And I think this may have my favorite comedic moment of like it. I would love to do a ranking of like my favorite comedic moments because it got me so good last night of, wait, I thought Yondu was your dad. No, Yondu's not a dad. They look, uh, they look nothing alike. <laughs> Drax looks at Peter, just goes, like, he's blue, right? And Jax goes, yeah, look at him. <laughs> it's like, well, he's not blue. Like, that, so that moment got me so freaking, like, I don't know, man. Batista is just such a great, uh, he had so much levity in moments that needed in this movie. Um, and I think, obviously, this movie, having Kurt Russell as the villain and having that devastating moment of, and I put that tumor in your mom's brain, like, that is what, Guardians 1 was missing for me. Where you, we, we love Guardians 1, and it's insanely strong, but the villain stuff, not too great, right? Having uh, Kurt Russell be the bad guy, his motivation's not too great, but it's more of like what he did in order to kind of get what he's wanting, I think was just like, holy shit. I, that, that moment still gets me every time. Um, and yeah, I just think the movie ends insanely strongly. And uh, yeah, I'm just a freaking ball of tears in my bed last night incredible incredible ending um i you know what this time around you'll have to tell me what the end credit scenes are because i totally skipped them this There's time five of them five, oh, five of them. The, the most post credits of any mcu movie i just remember right now i was like and the end credits were i was like actually i totally skipped them last time my bad tim what did yeah. you think um man so to quote a, to quote a great man andy cortez this movie absolutely rules. All right. <laughs> Last week I was saying, uh, well, first off, I, I, I want to correct myself from earlier today. I was saying that this was when Marvel Games announced stuff. That was actually Age of Ultron. Uh, but I combined these movies uh, because I feel like at the time when we first watched them, we felt similarly about them, which is like, it's more of the thing we love, but more is not necessarily better or whatever. And then doing the in-review rewatch, I think we found a, a new appreciation for Age of Ultron um, and then definitely for Volume 2. And then last week with the, the rewatch, I was like, holy shit, Guardians is a classic. It's like pretty much a perfect film to me. And like, yeah. I can't imagine two besting it. Two bests it. And I'm so, <laughs> so happy about that. Like I just had pure joy watching this movie last night until I was, you know, my heart was ripped apart. But 
I feel like it's that that perfect balance where at the end of the day, I think that Guardians 1 is, is like a better movie as a standalone, but this is kind of like a dream sequel. Like they took everything that works and just expanded on it. And we give James Gunn so much credit for taking this group of characters that nobody knows and making us fall in love with them. This movie adds so many like supporting characters to that like getting way deeper into nebula getting uh mantis uh and yondu becoming way more of a real character like wow the execution on it is just kind of flawless top to bottom and yondu and rockets back and forth oh like, my oh, god damn. every pairing so of the, the characters and stuff like i i'm just like supremely impressed with what they were able to to pull off with this i was going back and forth with uh uh my friend my friend from the mcu direct website uh matt uh Romke, and uh, he was like, dude, I put it together finally in my head. Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 are like the most MCU movies. It's like they might not necessarily be the best or this or whatever, but it's like everything you could ask for for an, an MCU movie is really well represented in this. And I'm like, that is such a great way to put it. And I, I think that's why I enjoy it so much. The singular vision of James Gunn working with a team that clearly loves and respects each other and you can feel the chemistry in every single thing that they do and james's willingness to be like i want every shot to be the coolest shot i want to shoot my shot for every joke possible and they're not all gonna hit but so many of them are gonna hit and sure some like the taser face stuff like i also don't like it but even not liking it there's bits that made me laugh out loud throughout <laughs> all of it I agree. um but really all the jokes and stuff are just the kind of laying the foundation for such beautiful character development and such amazing moments that really move you and make you feel and like it's saying something this movie's saying something about friends and family and connections and all of this shit that it's like god damn and it's funny and it has cool set pieces and it has an amazing soundtrack it's just unfair man like this is there's so much going here and like i i'm happy that all of us feel the same way about it because i feel like guardians 2 is like not it's a hot take to to like it as much as as we seem to but I think that if if three can match this pace, if three can be anywhere close to as good as these two, this is one of this is going to be the best trilogy in MCU. And I'm saying that knowing how good uh, Spider-Man and Captain uh, America can be, I think that this is it, slam dunk. And I think that on top of that, this might be one of the greatest trilogies of all time. Yep. Uh, getting ahead of myself, but I mean, I don't know why I wouldn't believe it's going to happen. So, yeah, love this movie. 100% agree. Captain America fangirl. <laughs> like, it's un it's truly unbeatable. And, like, I have all faith in James Gunn to, like, knock it out of the park with this one. Yeah. So, really exciting stuff. Uh, remember, we're going to be doing in review for number three next week. Uh, you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to be able to get that as soon as we are recording it. You also get the show ad free. But for everyone else, here's some ads. Shout out to Honey for sponsoring this episode. Honey is the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. And we all know there's nothing better than the feeling of saving money. Honey's the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds as the Honey Guide dances it searches for coupons it can find for the site. And if it finds a working coupon, you will watch the prices drop. We hear it kind of funny. You've been using Honey for years, and it has literally saved us thousands on tech, costumes, food, you name it. Honestly, I just love how easy it is to set, forget, and save. Honey doesn't just work on desktops. It also works on your iPhone. You just activate it on Safari on your phone, save on the go. And if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. By getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. You can get PayPal Honey for free 
at joinhoney.com slash kindoffunny. That's joinhoney.com slash kindoffunny. Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. We all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use. Or do we? Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to $200. That's right. You, you, you out there. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money has saved some of us here at Kind of Funny a ton of money and it can help you too. Stop throwing away your money. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to Rocket Money money.com slash kind of funny that's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny r-o-c-k-e-t-m-o-n-e-y.com slash kind of funny another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get to the plot. Now it's time for the plot. Let's go through this all once again. Is it good? Is it bad? Does Nebula say thanks, Dad? <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> Volume 2. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Here we start. Missouri. Is he cool? <laughs> is he, was he I'm cool? Mary Poppins, y'all. God, I love that. That I moment is... The, is it cool? Yeah. You, know, yeah. you remember the Mary Poppins, y'all, but God, it's so much better. There, but there's that one moment. We'll get to it, obviously. There's, there's a moment. I think it's Chris, Chris Pratt's like best moment in the whole film where he goes, you look like Mary Poppins, and he's kidding with him, and he goes, is he cool? And he's about to say... Like, tell him, like, it's no, a girl. it's a girl, it's a woman, you know, like, no, yeah, it's not cool. Man. And then he goes, yeah, he's cool. And he's like, I'm Mary Poppins, <laughs> y'all. Dude. Let's fucking rock. Missouri 1980. Uh, Brandy plays as a young Kurt Russell. Uh, shows us what hair is supposed to look like, Andy. Uh, Ego, <laughs> of course, shows Meredith Quill his special little plant. Wait, that will wait, soon... wait, wait. You're not going to talk about the hair? That's all you're going to say? His hair is incredible. It, but, Kurt I mean, Russell's hair. But, it's I mean, so much. But it's, it's always been that. too much. It's always been that. Okay. It's, it's always too been that. much. Okay. Like, is it like a wig? Thickest. Is it a wig? I don't know. Wigging out with Scarpino. Now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Wigging Out with Scarpino. <laughs> this is a wig, obviously, uh, because they de-aged him. Having said that, though, well done. we're going to give him a pass. Wow. And here's why. Because he used to have that hair. Oh. Oh, go ahead. I was going to guess it's because it was close to Patrick Swayze's hair, which is also close to your heart. I'll allow it. Okay. I will allow that. Uh, no, Kurt Russell, still great head of hair on the man. I mean, have you seen those all those pictures of him with the paparazzi's trying to bug him on the streets of like uh, uh, L.A. and he's just in Uggs with just a giant, beautiful lion mane of hair and like Kurt. Unfortunately, Kurt, I have it. Do you think you're ever gonna do this thing, Kurt's like, he's just so cool, man. He's just so freaking cool. Where are you cool. seeing these pictures? I watch a lot of BuzzFeed. So. I feel like it's all, all over Goldie's Instagram. <laughs> man look at him look at this beautiful man. jesus Still he looks like looking. that one influencer on tiktok that's always like 
What you want to do when you have a circle face, you want to shave your beard this way. He's like some we have super very s- different FYP. This feet. guy always pops up on my on my feed. He's like a Andy, he's, I'm right there with you. Ke- Kevin knows super silver kid. fox, Tim. This uh-huh. dude's like 50 years old. <laughs> Insanely white hair, but beautifully like manny like his shaped beard, his hairline is immaculate. This dude is like a gorgeous old man. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, he's a gorgeous young man in this one. Uh, this is Kurt Russell. He shows he shows Meredith's plant and says, this plant is a part of me. It will grow all over the universe one day. And then he calls her his little river lily. 34 years later, the Sovereign. The team, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy, has assembled to keep an interdimensional beast from stealing some of these Arulax batteries, which Drac calls... Arbulary batteries. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, not what I said at all. Like, no, said it all. <laughs> uh, and then Drax doesn't want to wear one of Rocket's special suits because his nipples are too sensitive. <laughs> and that tells you everything you need to know about exactly. this movie right there. Now, I will say I Drax, think Drax is like, in the way that Rocket kind of stole the show for me in part one, I think Drax is that for this, this movie. great. I mean, I he's so good. Can you pick up? Yeah, he's just, Kurt Russell was a great, is a great looking guy. Definitely a wig, though. I'm glad someone could finally say it. <laughs> Uh, so that's a wig you're saying he's wearing on the left there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's probably a wig. Wig technology is crazy. Yeah. It's gotten better. That's why everyone, I want you to know out there, be on the lookout. Because they'll fool you. Be on the lookout. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'll tell you. Be on the lookout right now. What are they supposed to do like when they are warning us one? of shoplifters in areas. You say something. You look, you see the wig. You say, wig. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do not do that, people. Don't do that, people. Please do not do that. It's do a, that. If it's in a movie, you can do it. It's fine yeah. for us. Kurt yeah. Russell. Yeah. Uh, but I will say this: that that is a, that's a damn good hairpiece right there. His um, aging didn't bother me as much as I remembered it bothering me. Well, it it didn't bother. I mean, I'm always kind of impressed by his de aging because it's his his face it's just is overly too, smooth. He, it's too fluffy though. Well, I mean, like that's slimmer... what you what you look like when you're young. No, he had he had a I mean, slimmer face. Right? Oh, when he was younger. Yeah. Uh, bring up. Can you bring up a picture of him from Tango and Cash? But this please? also isn't uh, young sure. Kurt Russell. This is young freaking ego. Ego. ego yeah. All right, guys, come on. Uh, while he pulls up that picture, of course, we get to introduce the little baby Groot and there. And, and let me tell you right now, all you fucking Grogu apologists out there, <laughs> all you people who are like, Grogu is the cutest thing on the planet. No way. I put, you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll be honest, Groot's fucking cuter. I mean, Groot dude, is cuter. Dude, the, the fact that they lucked out. With this baby yeah, Groot motherfucker. No, like, hang on, Cash. This is a James Gunn special, man. Like, this is not from the comics. Like, baby Groot was just like, they had an opportunity, and they're like, we're going to fucking do it. Like, how did that just happen? Baby Groot, I think, is one of, the, like, it's an icon. He's an industry icon at this point. My mom, who doesn't care about Marvel, fucking loves baby Groot. Like, in addition <laughs> to all that. the things I was praising earlier of, like, the music and the characters, and the, like, they also had a mascot. Like, a yeah. cute, like, what the fuck? This opening scene is perfect. Like, Everything you could want from an MCU movie is is represented. And uh, one fact I, I don't remember knowing is James Gunn choreographed and did the motion capture for Baby Groot for the <laughs> awesome. whole dance, uh, which is super fun. But this whole scene I just thought was like so great to get us re uh, familiarized with the, the characters, setting them up of like, oh, they're, they are more of a team now. And they like give each other shit in a more positive way than they did in the first one. But there's one moment of this that is just such great, tender, like love and care. Yeah. Go for it. Hi. Yeah. yeah. I, I love, love that. It, it is love it. so she good. Goes, get out man. of the way. Get out of the way. You're going to get hurt. And he goes, he waves at her. She goes, hi. hi. <laughs> it's, it's so it's cute. So it's adorable. Great. I know. I wrote that down. I love everything about this. I love the use of, again, going back, he plugs in the music. It's Mr. Blue Sky. We're hearing all that. It's happening in the world. And we're also hearing it here. It's credits. It's such a fun way to just reintroduce these characters to us. Uh, and just a great action sequence, of course. That bang, Drax lands on uh, the speakers. And then we have to 
we actually go have to kill the monster, which is cool. Drax thinks he has to kill it from inside and is just stabbing the inside of it uselessly. And then, of course, Gamora, we get a little little payoff of the joke there where he's like, we're well, using a gun now? It's cool. I didn't know that. I, just, I, I thought I was the guy that used the gun. Yeah. You were a sword person. She goes, I use the, I use the gun now. And, of course, she has to take her sword back out to cut it from basically neck to nuts uh, and, and disembowel the thing, which Jack comes out and takes full credit for. And I just want to give even more credit to this this scene because uh, up to this point, and even since then to where we're at now in the MCU, it's rare we get a team-up fight scene. Like, Avengers 1, we essentially had the one battle in New York, and then Age of Ultron kind of opens with one and I guess closes in Little Church. But, like, this is a full-on group of people using their talents and, like, skill sets separately but also together. And I just think that they did such a great job with all of it where I believe in them working as a team. And mm -hmm. it's like that is something that even in Infinity War and um, Endgame, you get kind of fun little team-ups here and there. And then we, of course, get the big portal scene of, like, going through everyone doing stuff. This but even then, game shit. it doesn't feel like a team working together. Mm -hmm. It just feels like a lot of people on the same side fighting an army. Whereas this is like... It, it feels like video game co-op shit, yeah. like playing Destiny raids. But it's also fun because the, this specific team is not... They're not Thor level powered, right? They're just powerful enough to get their ass kicked and it'd be fun for us to watch, which is cool. And they're also invulnerable to a lot of things. So they can get thrown around and they beat up and like they're, yeah. they're going to be put into crazier action sequences. And it's not like Black Widow fucking getting into a car crash and us being like, this doesn't feel right. right. <laughs> and you know, there's actually a couple of moments in here where you forget, right? But, but they, they delicately remind you of that. One is when Drax is getting just destroyed by the trees and then laughs it off. And the other one that I think is the coolest thing that I, you don't really get a sense of how powerful or like how strong Gamora is until she picks up that gun from the ship yeah. and you're like, oh, fuck. Right, she's strong. Yeah. You forgot about that, but it's cool. Uh, we're not quite there yet, of course. We are brought before the lead, the, the high priestess of the Sovereign uh, Empire, who is played by? Elizabeth Debicki. Elizabeth Debicki. Who was Got cast it. as Aisha because of her height. Uh, the actress stands at about six two and a half inches uh and during filming she wore platform shoes to increase her height to six seven like me she's awesome i love it awesome. she's fucking awesome awesome in this just a great great in everything she's in the, <laughs> only, the thing that comes to mind recently is that i think she would i don't remember her mind but she played the, she played diane in the in the latest series of the season the of the crown yeah she was phenomenal in that oh my god that That's is right, incredible yeah. casting which is wild because oh it looks way wild. taller than diane but when yeah. they show the side by sides it's oh. insane looking Diana? and they Diana. Diana. Yeah, Diana. yeah, Diana. thank you. Um, I, uh, you know, my problem with the industry, you know, Nick has his issues with. Uh, You're on the team with me on this. <laughs> I am. I right? signed you up. I am right, but I've, I'm kind of like carving out a new lane here. Okay. And it's the, it's follow. the bulbous eye effect. The it what? is when people wear colored eye contacts, mm -hmm. and they look bad. And this movie is full of them. All of the these sovereign people. With their their gold, their pupils kind of like, like off gold. to the side. It reminds me of Henry Cavill in The Witcher. Whenever people wear colored contacts, it just looks terrible to me. And in here, I, I just get it's so distracting to me. You're gonna see it from now on, Joe. You're gonna be like, oh, the pupil should be inside because it's conical in the inside, convex or or concave. One of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's one of the two. <laughs> one of them. Embossed. One of the two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, of course, they're trading their services for uh, reward, but also for Nebula's life, who has been caught by them before leaving. Aisha calls out Quill for having a, a reckless genealogy. Or oh, I missed the part where she could kind of flirt back and forth with each other, which is fun. Uh, she calls, she says, what is your genealogy? He says, I'm half human. I don't know who my dad is, but he ain't from Missouri. And she goes, he's, whoever he is, he has a reckless genealogy. And Rocket calls her a douchebag, which almost gets them all killed. They leave, but not before Rocket shows Drax a bag full of <laughs> the, uh, the batteries they were supposed to be protecting, thus ensuring that they're going to piss off 
the sovereign. Quill apologizes to Gamora for flirting, but Gamora's like, whatever, I don't care. And he's like, yeah, you do. And then Drax tells him that there are two types of women in this world, those who dance and those who don't. And his <laughs> wife another his wife, would never dance. She would stand so still that one would think that she was dead. And Quill goes, that's hot. And he goes, <laughs> She wouldn't even tap her it's, toes. My, 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 you, you missed my favorite part of that, which was something, no matter how melodic. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, it would make my nether regions engorged. That's the line I wrote down, Tim. Uh, of course, they get changed, uh, chased by the Sovereign Fleet uh, that are all piloted remotely. I love that because it's made apparent to all of us that the Sovereign is this engineered species. They they engineer every single one of the people that are born for a specific purpose and, they, and their lives are way more precious, which is why they couldn't even defend their city against this interdimensional being. That's why they hired the Guardians because they're basically expendable. Um, and I think it's hilarious because to them it's like a video game. It's not, there's no stakes to it. And I love that you can see the pilot's face on the actual LED screen of like the ships. It's a really cool design. Yeah. But they're all there like children because they don't really ever have any the sound effects are total video game sound effects. I, mean, yeah. I think they legit are. Yeah, like yeah. Galaga and, it's uh, cool. Um, so I love everything about that, of course. Uh, we get a great scene where he's like, I got to head through this asteroid field. The quantum asteroid field. This, again, this is something James Gunn does where it's like, it's not just an asteroid field. It's like there has to be something cooler. As they're flying through, they're, the asteroids are just fucking teleporting all over the mm -hmm. place. Like, the level of intricacy and design of like so many of the space elements are just so goddamn impressive. It can be overwhelming, and I think that's why uh, some of it reads as noise, like the first time you watch this. But when you're able to just kind of like learn the jargon of all the space stuff and rewatch these movies countless fucking times, going back to this, you can kind of like read it a little bit clearer. And I thought this whole scene with the Milano flying through and like the way the camera follows the spins and like all the shit, it's like dang, this was extremely well thought out. And I, this scene. Impressed the hell out of me, this rewatch. Uh, me too. I love this. I thought it was really cool. Of course, there's one ship that goes through. Uh, Drax takes it upon himself to go outside in the bubble wrap suit, which is a hilarious little effect, uh, and then screams, die, spaceship, as he shoots it. Uh, when they come out the other side of the quantum, of course, the rocket and the quill are arguing back and forth as to who should pilot, which rips a hole in the ship. Um, come out the other end, and they encounter the entire sovereign fleet, uh, but a guy on a giant egg uh, who's riding a giant egg, a little one-inch man, as they refer to him. <laughs> Why? Because he's so far away as one inches, but I'm sure if he got closer, he'd be sure bigger. if he got closer, he'd be bigger. <laughs> but, the, but then again, it's the it's him popping up again and be like, oh my God, it's the one-inch man. Yeah. <laughs> like, Drax's lines are just perfect. Every one of them. Man. Uh, but even the first time we see him, when, when, like the reveal of it is just so stupid looking <laughs> that like... In other movies, we would talk shit about how dumb it is, but like they know it's dumb and they play yeah. with it. Where I love that we see him and Kurt Russell's just like fucking riding this yeah. ship, like unnecessarily waving, waving at him, and then like just it's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Uh, of course, uh, they make the jump finally uh, to a planet whose name I don't put. Oh, Contraxia. Um, I love this title or oh, location yeah. title mm. sequence. The, when the orange on the purple on looks oh. so good. Uh, and oh, I'm sorry, my bad. They pass through jump point uh, with Drax still in tow and crash on Burhart. Uh, and then this is where they argue and Cool calls Rocket a trash panda, and he goes, "Trash panda is, is that better than?" It's such an a earnest raccoon? question, Nick. <laughs> it's it's fucking like I'm not a raccoon. All right, I'm sorry. Okay, my bad. Trash panda, and then Rocket looks up at the crew. Is that better? <laughs> so, like, much worse. so much worse. <laughs> uh, over on Contracts, yeah, that is where we um, uh, catch up with Yondu and the crew. And they're partying hard with Howard the Duck. Love that we can love their little He's thing. banging robots. He's banging robots. Uh, Howard the Duck just sitting there in his old 80, 1980s suit. When are they going to make that Howard the Duck spinoff show? I mean, we kind of got it, didn't we? Did what we? What if? 
Oh right, yeah. That's what what if. Uh, of course, Yondu here is he's he's depressed. He's not he's not enjoying life, and of course, because he misses Peter, and we'll soon learn he also misses being a part of the bigger uh, Ravenger squad because he runs into St- uh, Stakar, who is there, played by of course Sylvester Stallone, Rocky himself. Uh, he is, I guess, the the leader of one of the other Ravenger squads. They're all a giant clan of Ravengers, and they only have one rule apparently, which is we don't deal in kids. And you broke that rule, and it's like. Ugh. He's like, it's not as good as how, how hard you get punched, just how hard you get punched. Yeah. You keep walking. For, you know, he pulls. He does like the Sebastian Stallone. Like, yeah. earns, I mean, nothing gets over. Nothing. I, I I love it because we're immediately made to think that these guys are rivals. They don't like each other. Blah blah blah. But then I love like the honestness from yeah. Stallone being like. Do you think I like doing this? Yep. I like I like I miss you, dog. Like yeah. Like I, it hurts to do this to you. You know. Yeah. He said. He said, and I quote: "You may dress like us, but you'll never hear the horns of freedom when you die, and the colors of Ogard will never flash over your grave." You broke amazing all setup. of our hearts, dude. I like I loved this because I have a new appreciation for for Sylvester Stallone that I didn't have in any other time I watched this because now I've seen the Rocky movies, mm-hmm. and the moment you first hear his voice off screen. I love that they did that because it's like you can't do that for any surprise cameo actor. You can do it for you can do it for Stallone. fucking Stallone, yeah. baby, because everyone knows that's him. Very recognizable voice, of course. Uh, this is where we get introduced to Taserface, who talks shit about Yondu, and the scene is interrupted by Isha and her blue carpet. And oh. again, you want to you want to talk about comical risks? This one could have fallen flat, but fuck, it's so funny. Amen. It's so funny because it, these people are children. They are dumb, opulent. Uh, just completely privileged children as a species, and they just are so over the top with all that, and they played it perfectly. And I love <laughs> again Elizabeth Debicki, little feet, little, 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 feet, feet, little, feet. little feet moving forward, little just nailing the comedy yeah. in this scene, in my opinion. Really good physical. I mean, I I just really love James Gunn's approach to physical comedy, and we saw some of that in part one when uh, Yandu first has his arrow go through everybody in the. You see that ship in the back kind of fall like a cartoon, and we see that later on. And I think he's—it's a really neat stylistic choice that doesn't work in the real world. But I'm James Gunn; I can do whatever the fuck I want with these rules, right? And we can have people get blown up by uh, rockets, sort of like propulsion things, and they go up so and they come down like a cartoon. Yeah, yeah it's really good stuff. Uh, of course, I skipped a part here, a very important part, where when Ego first introduced himself, he landed on Burhart and said, I'm your dad. Uh, this is where we catch back up with them. And he tells, look, I hire Yondu to come get you uh, when your mother died. But Yondu kept uh, you because you were small and you can squeeze into stuff and steal stuff. It's the same uh, line we've been hearing over and over again. Uh, uh, this is another thing that I just really appreciated. Like last week watching Guardians 1, I was just like, man, like the the economy of story here is just so good where James Gunn really did a great job of every single thing mattered and all connects in this beautiful way to make a great film. I feel like with this, they expanded on what they built in one so well where any thread that they could pull on, they did like the idea of anything that was weird about the first movie, like the beginning of like, Oh, just like his mom dies and immediately a spaceship comes and gets him. Like that's fucking bizarre as hell. (laughs) And like this movie makes that not weird at all. It explains it all. and gives so much backstory to connect Yondu to ego and to Pete, like the whole thing. I'm like, how the fuck does it work this well? Uh, of course, Mantis introduces herself to Drax and tries to smile and Drax tell her that, uh, she says, can I pet your, your space dog or whatever is your space puppy is adorable. And just the moment where he's like, Yes, you can. Yes. yes, you can. <laughs> and it just backfires. Um, I think it's my favorite part about Drax is how his like facial expression never changes, even when he's 
joking. It's just like such a good juxtaposition. Well, he just, I mean, Andy nailed it earlier, but this is this is this is the movie where Drax becomes like this is the transition we saw in Chris Hemsworth with the Thor Ragnarok moment where yeah. they finally figured out what Drax is supposed to be in this. He's not serious. He's just that lovable idiot that doesn't get anything, but he until he does. And then we're on it's just so fun watching him in this entire movie because I think pretty much everything he does I mean, to the part where he's like they don't look anything alike. Yondu's blue. <laughs> he points at Quill. <laughs> Fucking, I rewound it so many times. It's the perfect like physical so thing. It's so good. It's so fucking good. Uh, anyway, Peter is suspicious of his dad's intentions, but Gamora reminds him that he used to pretend uh, David Hasselhoff was his dad, which is really sad. Uh, but what do you say? What did she say though? Wasn't David Hasselhoff? Oh, oh, what did she uh, call like, him? Yeah, I, I didn't write it down. But it's, it's like, like this like, version of Harvey Larry Battery. So yeah, like, it's like not very close at all. It's really. When she says, "What if this man is your Hasselhoff?" And, and she up. gets the car thing wrong too, and yeah. it's like perfectly yeah, the magic off. boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, of course, she says, "If he ends up being evil, we'll just kill him." Fun foreshadowing. Great. Rocket, Groot, and Nebula stay behind to fix the ship while Ego, uh, while while the rest head to Ego, uh, his planet rather. Uh, love the touch. I think we talked about this the first time uh, we we did this review, but I love the touch. If he's got a spray gun that fixes the ship, yeah, it's really cool. So like nanotech, simple. Kind of- yeah, it's nanotech, but it's so simple. But it also would take a while because the way you have to apply it to the rest, like you have to spray the whole ship down. And it's kind of genius, actually. Uh, then break the chains plays, and it's perfect as they take off. Mantis tells them uh, that we go to this cool little like. 1960s bubble room that he's got on his ship because everything's like egg-like and ovular, uh, and that's where Mantis gets to know. I everyone. love this. It's such I think a, it's great. It's such a weird sci-fi concept and inspired. And you could just tell that James Gunn was like, and, and the team was like, this this doesn't really have to resemble any ship you've ever seen before no. because this is a god, a lowercase g, yeah. right? Like this is not god. <laughs> he's not flying on a Star Trek or a Guardians type ship. This dude just kind of. This ship kind of just exists in space and time with no real like engines or anything like that. I think it's really cool looking. Well, I like that. I like that it's also sort of an egg, right? It's an egg shape, which is like life before it yeah. is hatched. That stuff and everything kind of follows that through line in it. I mean, it's when you say even that, the yellow is like yolk and shit in it. We, we get the shot of it like traveling through space, like at some point, and it, it looks like semen. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like there's a lot of <laughs> I, 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 shit going on. There. I do wish that. With the way that a lot of MCU shows or and movies kind of show off their tech and how each kind of civilization, we see how the Wakandans tech look and how the uh, um, everybody in um, underwater, I'm already blanking on their names, all of Namor's sort of like crew. And I had it, and then I blanked on it. Uh, every everybody has like their sort of tech and how that works. I was really hoping that like. I thought it would have been cool if somebody's about to like, wh- where do I sit down? And then like a seat kind of just formed because mm-hmm. mm. it seems like all like this, like flubber, like this just sort of like is free flowing material, you know? Uh, of course, Mantis is when we get to know her. Great scene where she he says, what are your antenna for? We have a bet. Oh my God. <laughs> and the bet is, Talocan. God damn. The bet, oh, the bet is that if the antenna are for anything other than <laughs> feeling the height of a door, <laughs> So you don't hit your head. Then Quill wins, which is again so it's like, that joke is so funny, funny. But even just the setup of like Drax being like, uh, "We have a bet," and he's like, "God, you're not supposed to say that." Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just like there's so much like 
so much of the comedy does feel like, all right, th- this is a written joke, but so much just feels like people hanging out talking. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, we, we learn that she's an empath. She can, if she touches you, she can feel your feelings. She can also uh, help uh, influence those feelings. Like uh, you, she uses that to put her master to sleep because he has uh, issues sleeping. Forget why, but it's a very important thing. Uh, and then he's like, wait a minute. So you can feel my feelings. Do, do it to Quill. She feels Quill. And she says, you ha- you're having, uh, you feel love, romantic, sexual love for her. And then Drax just laughs. <laughs> and then Drax do me, says, do, do me. me. <laughs> and so she t- puts her hand on his shoulder and feels that he's laughing at Peter. And then they both point and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so good. It's so stupid and so good. They're the perfect match. Um, let's see. She mostly, yeah, okay. So, and the Ravagers catch up to Rocket, uh, who just sets all the traps for him. We get that great scene where Rocket is just completely d- annihilating them, of course, until Yondu steps in and gets the better of him with his cool arrow. What a uh, sick ass scene, though. Like, I love the right. way it's shot. It's so dark and sneaking around the trees. And, like, we get the, like, you hear him singing and then the reveal that he's actually, like, in the tree. And, like, just all of the, the, like, the choices ahead. here were just fucking dope as hell. Uh, of course, Yondu wants to once again double cross the sovereign uh, and, and go and find Quill under the guise of whatever finding cool but they're like you just like this guy you're not going to kill him we know this uh and even craiglin craiglin has to step up and say captain this ain't right the whole team mutinies against him uh and there it is nebula talks Groot into freeing her so she can help rocket but she double crosses them both and blasts yondu's arrow off the top of his head so he can't control it anymore then kind of brutal it's like oh shit is he dead it's very brutal (laughs) uh and then we get another joke that i would have personally cut which is the ripe fruit joke yeah it's like that's why we didn't need that bit of comedy here uh, Ego's planet. I just don't think Nebula's comedy ever really lands. I agree. Whenever she tries, it does later after we've softened the character a bit by having her and her sister have recon- like reconcile. I think then she's no longer a bad guy. She is kind of she's Nebula. She she she's got a sharper edge to her, but the comedy I think could be sharper. I think it just needs to be a different not style. There. Yeah, I, th- I think like close to Drax. Yeah, I think that sort of joke works for a lot of different characters. I just don't know if that was the right kind of angle to pursue of like give her the same sort of comedy stylings that everybody else has because i think she's just way different of a character than everybody else well i think she's the character that calls everyone the idiot and so when she's the idiot then it's weird yeah like she's the one that's like you're all idiot like she has multiple lines in the first one's like yeah you need to you be know? The that's also the Gamora too person. though yeah. yeah that's why it's it's difficult to, to balance that out with the group but that's yeah. why they're smart to like they split them up in this little bit um, let's see. Ego's planet is stunning. He is a celestial. Uh, this like a planet god is beautiful. With a small I love game. this. It's planet. gorgeous. Uh, and again, I think Tim said it was trillions of polygons that went into making this. Very well done. Uh, I want to give a shout out. I think he's going to go into it in a little good bit. Good green screen too. Very good green screen. Better than Quantum Mania. Sure. I'll say that. Yeah, of course. Uh, the, spending time on this planet, I think, started to feel a little when I first watched this. A little wore a little thin. Where I'm like, okay, this is a space adventure, and we spend the majority of the second and third act kind of here when we're not on the ship with Yondu and stuff like that. Um, but I do think that because the character dynamics were so well, the time passed better. Whereas in things like Quantum Mania, I was like, I'm getting lost in the sauce where we're at here. Like, I, yeah. I, everything's just starting to blur together with all these fake environments. Where in this one, they grounded it a little bit more in, in like some of the reality of what you might see if a human were to make this. But I also just want to give a massive shout out to like, we go, we always talk about this, we talk about like all the tech in Wakanda. We talk about the tech in uh, in in um, Halokan and uh, and all of them have a very distinctive vibe to it. And in this one, the fucking like reenactments with like 
a C- like it looks like when you would render like out a, a CG model yeah. and get it perfect, but want it to look like it's a, a, a 3D model. Yeah, it's stunning, and everything's like balls that come together to make these like these these beautiful versions of like how he's retelling the stuff. I think it's just super rad. It also, his hair is even better in him. Uh, like the like I forget what it's called at Disney or what it used to be called the old thing where it was like the House of the Future, uh, and it was yeah. just like all that very like 70s mod style, but like. Oh right, yeah, I, th- you know, I know. What you're oh talking. yeah, like the, like retro future, yeah, like whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, it feels like the Tekken kind of Fallout the way. <laughs> yeah, um, he gives us a little backstory on him. He doesn't know where he came from. He's just a big old floating brain for a long time, but over billions of years, he learned to control the molecules around him to form a planet. Uh, but he wanted more. He wanted to create Kurt Russell and his penis. <laughs> the quote: "I wanted to experience what it truly meant to be human." As he set about the stars, until uh, he found what he sought after, which was life. Uh, that's when he met Meredith and first experienced love. He called her his river lily. Uh, he said, if you loved her, and then, of course, uh, he has asked, excuse me, Quill has asked the important question, if you loved her, why did you leave her? Uh, then we cut over to Taserface, who's blowing all of Yondu's old crew into space as they horrifying. have mutinized. So horrifying. Very horrifying. And it's, like, played so as a joke, and then you, it slowly starts getting darker and darker. And, like, yeah. the shot of the guy that, like, we're kind of rooting for like he's like the good guy we see him freeze out in space and then the reveal of all the other bodies it's like yeah. oh this this is fucked up and, and and i think it's like the slow animation transition of the freezing over but then the body getting puffy and shit like yeah. it's really kind of grotesque <laughs> Very and then you gun. see uh sean gun too a little bit later when he like how sad and stuff he is and you're just like damn i kill all my friends yeah yeah, really yeah. uh of course rocket makes fun of Taserface for his name and this joke just doesn't land uh, I, for me. I agree it doesn't land, but I do like that like his second in command, his name's just Jeff. <laughs> that's funny. that's that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> but the taser face thing to me, I'm like, yeah. you just need it. If you're gonna do this joke, which is not a great joke to begin with, it needed to be something not taser face. Because taser face is not funny. I think look, I, I don't think it's a bad choice for a name. I uh, I like that they are trying to make fun of his name. I just don't like the the fake laugh bit kind of it, it's yeah it's just like the joke is the star lord lord joke yeah the first one but they just kind of take it and just keep going with it in a way that it's like i'm just waiting for a funnier punchline and the punchline never comes parts of it around it are funny but it's just like yeah it's kind of weird i wish it was more deadpan if rock would be like is that the only name you had and well, what do you mean like i would like that could have like opened up a lot more lanes as opposed to just yeah <laughs> taser, like no yeah i just wasn't a huge fan yeah. uh, a taser face fact for you here oh uh in the, well, know the galaxy comics taser face <laughs> is a warrior from the cybernetically enhanced race known as the stark uh the stark are an alien race that found iron man technology that had accidentally crashed on their planet and as a result they worship tony stark as their god that's Mike awesome. L in chat says it's <laughs> no Razor Fist. Michael, you take that back. Razor Fist is a, a, an abomination in the MCU. In a great movie, Shang-Chi. Cool name. Cool name. Remember Mike fell asleep in Shang-Chi? <laughs> Remember Mike fell asleep in every movie? Yeah. Uh, movie. Of course, Nebula, Nebula steps in uh, before Taser Fist can kill them, talks him out of it, uh, because Yondu and Rocket are probably uh, worth a lot, and she wants a percentage of the bounty. But she asks for one more thing also in conjunction to that. She wants a ship to go murder her sister, and once she's done with that, She's going to take all of her winnings from this little endeavor, buy a warship, and go and murder Thanos. Uh, Ego and Peter argue. They both loved Meredith and couldn't stand to watch her die. And, he's, and then he says, listen, please give me the chance to be the father that she would want me to be. I need to teach you about this planet and the light within you. Uh, they are part of you. Of course, Peter Harness is able to harness a little bit of that light to form a small ball of energy. It's kind of out of flux, uh, but uh, his dad puts it back into the shape of a ball. And, one, and little by little, they start playing catch for the first it time. It is I- so fucking good. Beautiful. Well done. 
Uh, uh, an ego fact I have for you here is, uh, and I love this behind the scenes type stuff, but uh, when director James Gunn was writing the script for the movie and proposed the idea of Ego the Living Planet being Star-Lord's father, Marvel told him that they did not have the rights to the character. The rights belonged to Fox because of the ties to Fantastic Four and Silver Surfer. Uh, but since Gunn had no other characters in mind for Star-Lord's father, he had to ask Fox if he could use the character. Fox agreed to let Marvel have Ego in return for Fox gaining more creative freedom over Negasonic Teenage Warhead's set of superpowers in Deadpool. So good trade. I forgot that was a name. Yeah, yeah. Good behind trade. the scenes little trades he's going on. Um, but another thing that I appreciate about James Gunn is he is a fucking comic nerd. Like the the characters you see in this, like for the most part, like Taserface is a character. Like character, a lot of the other uh, Ravagers we see are like real, like deep cut type stuff. And I love that he like he has a plan. Like he knows what he wants to create, and that's why I'm really excited for the DCU. There you go. Uh, Drax learns that Mantis is a pet, even though she's ugly, and he says, "No, it's a good thing that you're ugly because beautiful people never know who to trust." She goes, then I am glad I am not beautiful. Uh, Drax tells her about his daughter, and then she feels uh, his pain and begins to cry. Oh, overcome with emotion. Amazing. Great I love moment. this moment, dude. And again, Dave Batista, Good, man. Good he's just good. He's putting in the he's work. good. Putting in the work. Good actor. I'll say it. I'll say it right now. I'm glad someone finds and, it. And then Gamora walks <laughs> out and that. is like, what, what were you all talking about? Because she's, you, you know, right now Mantis is about to kind of drop a bomb on him. Right. right. Exactly. And of course. And Gamora's uh, like, yeah, what, what's up with him? And, he's, and she goes, oh, well, we were just talking about how, uh, how I'm hideous or whatever. And she goes, you're not hideous. <laughs> Drax is like, you kidding her? Yeah. Like, look at her. <laughs> like, it's, I just, I can't. And it's like, best, dude. We'll, get, we'll get to the, <laughs> the next scene where she finally tries to come clean. And he, she wakes him up. And he goes, Ugh. <laughs> so I was just imagining us being physical with each other. She's like, I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. I don't want you like that. But the anyway. bucket line of beautiful people never know who to trust. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Uh, Yondu, of course, tells Rocket that he was a Kree slave until uh, Stakar set him free. The only thing he asked was that Yondu adhere to the rules, but he was young and stupid and greedy and he broke the rules. And then he said, Where's Quill? Uh, Rocket tells me he went off with his old man. And he goes, Why didn't you deliver Quill like you promised? And of course, he gives him the same stupid skinny thing, yada, yada, yada. Of course, Rocket knows that's bullshit as well. Uh, over in the little lounge, they torture Groot. One thing I'll say about this that I like is that um, it didn't occur. I mean, obviously, this is what they were going for in the first one. It didn't occur to me these guys were space pirates until this, right? And I like that. Mm. I was like, Oh, they are kind of space pirates. The Ravengers are pirates. They're, yeah. They are space pirates. And you get that sense here because we spend a little bit more time with them. We see how some of them have the code of the pirate code and some of them are just fucking crazy and, and, and wild and like, you know, they're all just kind of out there. Uh, but they're torturing Groot, of course, pouring stuff on him, pouring, pouring little uh, soda pop on him. Um, and uh, it's really, really sad. And uh, to that, to that point, a little bit, like I think something that I appreciate about this movie and about James Gunn's kind of Guardians universe, I guess, but specifically this one, is that we watch MCU movies now, and it's like if it doesn't connect in every single way to all the other stories and build this bigger plot, it feels lesser than because we're used to Endgame, we're used to Infinity War, we're used to like kind of that type of storytelling. I really appreciate that this one doesn't do that. This is just a good movie that works on its own but also just tied to guardians one mm -hmm. like it expands that universe to the point of the ravengers where because it doesn't need to fill in the infinity stones and all this other shit we can kind of like sit with them a bit more and understand how their place in the universe and how it all, all kind of plays but like it, it's focused on the guardians and, and the people around them and i, I just this movie's a reminder that like hey these movies can just work and they don't need to connect every which way agreed yeah. uh of course yondu uh, they leave groot I love this. This is how irresponsible these guys are. They just let Groot 
walk around. They don't care. The saddest so little, sad. like, so Charlie Brown, uh-huh. Michael, Sarah from Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah. um, of course, Yondu asks him. He's like, hey, we can get, the, we can ask him for help to get this prototype fin. It's in the captain's quarters. And, man, I just love this scene. This is my favorite scene. I love how much Rocket's like, this is not going to be able to do it. You got to be more specific than that. This is not going to happen. Of course, the OE group brings them a, 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 a bunch of stuff, including his underwear. And then the best of which I think is the, there's the desk. And then, of course, there's just a severed <laughs> the big toe. It's so funny. It's so comically large. It's for him. so big. Uh, but the toe part really, is what gets me. That's why you hate hats? <laughs> yeah. This is a great look. <laughs> He's like, because you think people have a head a shape like that. They take it off, but it's not their head shape at all. It's, like, it's the, laugh out loud uh, funny. The yeah, comedic so timing of Rocket translating but then also reacting to what he's translating yeah. being like wait what mm-hmm. is perfect so good of course by the end of this uh we think he's going to get the, the thing finally and craglin helps him and he apologizes to yandu said i didn't mean to be to do a mutiny uh he killed all, he killed all my friends and it's kind of sad and you're like okay we forgive you uh rocket pumps uh come a little bit closer out of the loudspeaker as yandu just puts on the new fin and goes to work. It's and this scene is rad. The and fucking dark and twisted. Oh my god. It ending with them, like the top down shot, the John Wick 4 shot mm-hmm. of just the thing going around and them looking at the TVs and rocket fucking shooting. It's just exhilarating to watch. The Wonderfully. part where it, the arrow knocks out the lights and then you can only mm-hmm. see like the ambient glow as it moves is so good. Uh, of course, it all ends with Yondu uh, uh, blowing up the ship uh, and... Uh, Pulling like a saucer maneuver from Star Trek where he disconnects the part, blows up the part with Taser Face, but not before Taser Face can call Aisha the High Priestess and say, Here's their location, but I want you to do one thing. Tell them the name of the person that, that killed them, tell them it was Taser Face, and then she laughs at him. Unfortunately. Again, she was the only one point, laughing. I wish it would have been like what? Like that's that was the joke, but it was just so on the nose that it kind of fell flat. Yep. Uh they do uh, a rocket boosts them into uh to jump over to Egos uh planet which is 700 jumps just uh, about 640 more than the a normal mammal can take and shit gets a little wacky man love again going for that weird sort of cartoonish stylization yeah. of like this wouldn't really work in any other movie in any yeah. other mcu movie i don't think but no, it works man. here because it's just kind of silly and fun and it's it's space and who knows what the hell can happen out there is this the kind of like weird you were hoping for from uh multiverse of madness when they were like hopping, I feel like did we talk about that last week? Um, no, I don't think so. But yeah, we had, we did talk we did touch on that when when we talked about where they were going back and forth in multiverse of madness. Yeah, um, it's like the this felt like uniquely like weird space stuff versus I thought we talked about that last week on the show, but maybe I'm confused. No, I think like when we watched multiverse of madness, we were hoping that we saw we wanted we had more time in different multiverses, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. similar to. What are we? What am I going to bring up right here? The Family Guy multiverse episode. Yep. When they're in the 3D world, when they're in the Disney world, and they're animated like Disney characters. Like, uh, like I was, we were hoping to see like, what if there's a world where everybody looks like they're in the Take on Me video? You know, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to shout shout out this is like we saw this a little bit in some of the other movies, but this is the first time we really get a sense of like what these jumps are and how that science works, and I think it's fucking really cool. It is. Like it's cool to have to like go through different jump windows and different jump areas to get to like plot out a route so it's not just like you know like star like star wars where it's like yeah like star wars is always sort of like oh star wars has rules too but yeah sure but it's like don't get into it it's point a to point b it doesn't seem as like i don't know it doesn't seem as fleshed out but obviously these jumps are just opportunities to have the character sit on the ship while shit's going by real fast and talk about it but this one is fucking fucking hilarious and like we're jumping around because we come back to this scene later but like it ending with groot 
just throwing up. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's just <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> just green so goop baby. falls out of it. So yeah. good. Uh, Gamora and Peter, of course, dance together. And Peter asks her, when are we going to do something about this unspoken thing between us? He compares uh, them, of course, to Sam and Diane. So and Only good. I get that. No, I get tears. Okay, you get it Come too. On. But these two Jamols don't. No. Both the Sam Jamoles Cook Jabronis. song I don't know choice what the, I don't know what just said. <laughs> is Sorry. perfect. Like Most? such a perfectly like '60s romantic, like set works with the, within the Guardians thing, but I think also feels like extremely ego because he feels very like '70s mm-hmm. with hair and all the brown stuff. It is the music supervisor for these movies are, is putting in 110 percent and absolutely nailing it. James Gunn was is it he not the music guy, or is there not like a different music? James guy? Gunn is chooses oh. every single song in oh, these movies. He's perfect. Yeah, uh, we're getting see. to Volume Three, y'all. Of music. Uh, not soon. In, we need it now. I need to so excited. analyze Do every choice. Do going to be for three? I was no. say, by the end of the episode, let's all guess a song that'll be on there. Ooh. Okay. Mm. That's a fun one. Uh, of course, Gamora, Gamora's like, look, I don't trust Ego. And he's like, look, I finally found my family. Don't you understand that? She said, I thought you already had. Uh, meaning, of course, the Guardians. Gamora spots a ship coming toward her and runs uh, when she realizes it's I Nebula. I love when she's her sitting here in the thing. And that one the little, little weed is just making too much noise. She's like, can't fucking take it. I like yeah. that we get these just all the anger that's in her just manifests in fun ways. Um, let's see. Uh, Nebula, of course, is angry because she was like, look, you, you know, you were always the, trying to better better me. And then they have to put this aside, of course. Uh, she gets the better of her, blasts her ship. And Nebula, she can't let her sister die. Uh, she can't. And, of course, Nebula can't kill her either. She says, I win. She goes, no, I saved your life. They argue like sisters would. She says, you were the one who wanted to win. I just wanted a sister. You were all I had. Uh, up top, Ego tells Peter that they're 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 in this uh, they're the sailor in the song Brandy. He said he loves the girl, but he, but that's not his place. Sometimes we have to deprive ourselves of the pleasures of mortals. And he goes, wait a minute, you tell me I'm immortal. He goes, as long as you're the light, you are immortal. You're a celestial like I am, uh, and only we can remake the universe. Mantis telling him on this hard yeah. man. Uh, Mantis it's around here where where he learns that he can make stuff with the light, and uh, he goes. I'm going to make some weird shit. I'm going to make some weird <laughs> shit. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Mantis finally tells Drax that they're all in danger. Uh, meanwhile, Ego tells Peter his true purpose. So when I finally found life, it was just so disappointing. Ego found meaning in eternity. Meanwhile, Nebula and Gamora found the skeletons of all the other little Peters that didn't quite pass the Celestial 23andMe test. So messed up. Um, we get a fun, as they're jumping back and forth, we get a fun little Stanley cameo here where he's talking to the Watchers. And you're like, wait, was Stanley a Watcher the entire time? Love and it. did the other Watchers just not like him very much? <laughs> very true. Uh, Rocket and Yandu arrive on Ego, and Groot throws up on himself. Uh, Yandu calls Rocket out. About how how his toughness is, and meanness is just armor against all the hurt in the world. And he goes, I know who you are, boy, so good. because you're me. Uh, and then he said, what kind of pair are we? And he goes, the kind that's about to fight a planet. Ego, of course, keys Peter in on the Expanse. Expansion, excuse me, not the Expanse. That's a that's a television show Sci-fi that would suit them. Yeah. By uh, Amazon now. Over thousands well, of years, now. he implanted <laughs> thousands of little versions of himself on planets. Uh, they will when he reactivates them, they're gonna grow and engulf everything until everything is him. The only problem Nick, is, do you think it hurts when he like? Because in that sort of graph, it shows him like pulling it out of his neck. Like this, what what is he pulling out? Is it like a wart or something? Um, or? I'll forward you some Doctor Pimple Popper and some Pimple Popper videos I have <laughs> on okay. TikTok. No, I'll block you. I'll follow those. I'll forward those pick. to you. <laughs> 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 the, the, the whole like seed thing like is probably my least favorite part of this entire movie. Like even more than the taser face stuff. Like I get it makes sense, but like it's not that interesting visually, and like it just kind of like 
I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like him pulling it out. Like everything about it, I'm just like, all right, you're telling me this works, so I believe you. But otherwise, like, I feel like there could have been a cooler way to show this. Well, I I, I think that's kind of what I was mentioning at the beginning that I I don't really know if I like any of the motivations because I don't really know what he's getting apart from just like universe domination. Like I. I don't. I don't feel like there was a whole lot explained there, except for the fact that yeah, everything's gonna become me. And it's like, okay, well, why? So I don't really. He love- mentions eternity, which is a, a character that we then right. see in, in Thor: Love and Thunder. But mm-hmm. like, I'm with you where it, they don't explain enough for it to like be like, okay, this makes sense to me and cool. It's but what? Like, all right. What makes it awesome here. is just kind of what he does to get there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I that's mean, what really fucks me up. But I'll agree with you because this is like conquering for conquering sake right especially when he said I, I met all life and it was disappointing i was like well then what 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 pleasure are you going to drive from having absolutely no life you're back to where you were before where you were depressed because you didn't have any real purpose in the world i think it would have been cool if there was somebody like him out there trying to do the same thing right and he was like they're killing everybody peter i need to and he's like well then you're doing the same thing dad like, yeah, what the, like i wish there was something like that yeah, yeah for sure um Let's see. The only problem, of course, is that it takes it. It's not, in order to power this big engine that he's put all over the planet. He needs two celestials, and Peter is it. All of you, uh, he said. All any of you do is yell at each other. Uh, oh, sorry. I think I cut over to. Uh, I think this is Nebula. Maybe all any of you do is yell at each other. You're not friends. And then Batista uh, says, "You're right. We're family, and we leave nobody behind except maybe you." <laughs> Incredible. God, again, another great moment. We leave nobody behind. Music swells, except maybe you. <laughs> Just an honest. <laughs> Ernst moment. Uh, Peter reminds Ego that he loved his mother. He said, if I knew, I would, he's, he's like, why did you leave? If I knew I returned to Earth a fourth time, I would never leave, so I put that tumor in her head. Uh, and Peter blasts What up, a just, gut punch What a moment. gut punch and what a badass moment of Peter just going, bah, 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 just yeah. immediately Killed shooting him. him. No questions, no conversation. Like, that is just such a great fucking movie thing that like they normally don't do, but they yeah. did it here. Uh, Peter blasts holes in him, of course. He turns into David Hasselhoff. Uh, he's like, this is would you, is, would you rather I look like this? I try to pick something that looks like him, and I love that they kind of it makes sense because they pattern him off of like what Hasselhoff looked like in Knight Rider. Kind of genius. And what uh, a great cameo! Like, what a fun way so, to have yeah. a cameo. Dude, I mean, David Hasselhoff canon. He yeah, was all CG. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rocket and Yondu, of course, arrive on Ego, and the planet has a face. It's wild. Uh, Ego destroys Peter's Walkman and tells him the expansion is the sea. And this is what they're this is what they're put here for. And a bolt of energy sends uh, punches through him, and then sends a sig- sends a signal powering Peter to all the little mini eggs across the universe or the galaxy, and they all start firing up. I don't love this. Um, the weird blob effect in a weird town in Middle America just didn't do it for me. Or Dairy Queen, man. Yeah, it was. The, I mean, they're always I, I, stopping like a, them. Everyone running right. just a little fast. Like, yeah, everything yeah. about this was kind of like this is my least favorite part of the movie. Like. I needed this to be New York. I needed Tony Stark to be running away from this or Pepper Potts or someone that I cared about that was like that I have a touchstone for because this just felt really generic. I, to me, it kind of felt like it, simultaneously lesser than that and way too much more than that, mm-hmm. where it's like the fact that it was happening in this like little town I thought was good. But then the fact that it's also happening all over the universe, it's just like the scale of this was like if they this literally would have destroyed the universe as we know it. Like if yeah. the plan went through, yeah, seems a little too much for what they presented here. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yondu, of course, smashes his ship into Ego's uh, physical form, and everyone gets on board. Uh, Gamora comes back to tell him, "I told you so," uh, but Peter knows it's because of that unspoken thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they head, of course, to the heart of the planet to go kill Ego's brain, knowing that if they can kill that, then they can kill Ego. Uh, Yondu finally tells Peter the truth. He's like, "Why did you really? Why did you really come and get me?" He said, "Once I figured out 
basically ego paid me to get a bunch of all those kids all those kids died because of me but once i figured out what was happening i couldn't i didn't have the heart to bring you to him so i had to take care of you and teach you how to fight and make you tough because he kind of knew this day was going to come one day um of course craglin spots the sovereign fleet out in space john sean gun great soup <laughs> uh coming out of jump out of the jump and uh heading into the planet's core as peter and rocket try to blast through the ore and all surrounding the music here is great great mm-hmm. I love that the brain is is protected by this massive, like, thick layer of ore, is what they call it. So it's something so they just blast can't penetrate it very easily. I think that's cool. Uh, they try to blast through, of course, but... The tech from the ship is also amazing. I remember I was calling ball. it out last time. Like, it's such a weird idea and concept of having these little, little yeah, laser balls that kind of, like, go around all the ship. And you could tell it's... It serves a purpose in whatever that job is of like or you know mining, mining ore ship, and stuff yeah. like yeah I just love that it's such a cool practical way to like how would a ship actually in space do this well, and look like it's cool because you don't have to reorient the ship yeah you can fly yeah. the ship you can stay upright and then carve a path wherever you need to go yeah and they just kind of go all around it's really cool looking. and I'm a sucker for when they all go and form into the big laser mm-hmm. it's rad. Uh, very very cool design. Of course, the fleet arrives and all hell breaks loose. Uh, Drax tells Mantis she be- he, uh, that he believes in her. She puts Ego to sleep. Uh, Rocket and Peter talk Groot into uh, okay. So this is where <laughs> this is where this starts getting fun. Love this scene. He's like, look, we can't get through this little step, through this little area. We got to plant the bomb. The only person I can do this is Groot. And Rocket's like, this is not going to go well, <laughs> right? So they talk to. <laughs> they have to talk about it and doing it. The only thing he has to do is don't push push this button. And he goes, I am Groot. He goes, no, not that button. What did I just say? Then we get the great bit, which I think is hilarious because it's so the tape fucking bit. dumb with the scotch tape. <laughs> and it's only funny because he goes, hey, you just hear, it's you just perfect. hear uh, uh, Quill. Hey, Drax, do you have any tape? Yeah, scotch tape would work. Well, then why would you ask me if scotch tape would work? <laughs> if you don't have it. Yeah. It didn't even say if you don't have it. Yeah. Then, well, then why would you ask me? <laughs> That's inferring or, yeah, <laughs> that he didn't have any tape. It's so fucking And funny. then, like, the, well, well, okay, well, how about Nebula? Yeah, she doesn't have any either. Did you ask? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, he, he knows standing he didn't right ask next to her. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fucking hilarious. This, I think this is another, like, moment I laughed out loud. Yeah. Uh, of course, Nebula, this is the first time she starts being a team player, jacks herself into the ship, superpowers the lasers, and they destroy the entire fleet. Uh, of course, the ship explodes. Uh, Yondu, and then the ship explodes, and Yondu uh, flies down with his. Oh, this is a great part. So the 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 power from her overloads the ship. Something spills, gas leak, whatever. It explodes. Yondu grabs his arrow and he flies down. While Peter flies down next to him in the rocket ship, and he looks exactly like Mary Poppins. To which Peter says, "You look like Mary Poppins." And he says, "Is he cool?" And Peter thinks for a second. He goes, "Yeah, he is cool." And he goes. Triumphantly proclaims to everyone, I'm Mary Poppins. I'm Mary Poppins, (laughs) y'all. So good. And again, Michael Rooker, not enough credit. Not Not enough enough. credit. Also jacked, by the way. We didn't talk about him. He takes his shirt off in this, and you're You're like, good for you, Michael Rooker. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Blue and good and tight. Uh, Great moment. Also, like, what they do with his tongue? How they make his tongue so blue? Is that just CG? Good looking tongue. I didn't notice his tongue. It's red. Look at his tongue. Is it red? No, there's there's like, uh, there's shots where I think he's... Spiked? I didn't notice it until I was... Saw him talking to I think Rocket, and you can see inside of his Rooker's mouth, tongue. and then it's just all blue in there. Oh, did, did you drink a lot of wine, or maybe like a? They might have just made give him a little or something. Otter pop. Yeah, maybe. You'd eat otter pops constantly. <laughs> uh, again, I talked about this before, but I have to. I have to. This is my favorite moment of physical comedy in this entire thing. It is a scene where I start to legit tear up 
as he says on Mary Poppins, y'all, and they land, and you see the team like kind of fully formed for the first time, and it's a perfect Chillsworth. beat where you go, fuck, this is, and then Mantis just takes her across the chin. <laughs> it is the family it's guy just, one frame. to Just boom, <laughs> takes her out, and he goes literally, uh-huh. he literally, oh, here we go, we're seeing it right here. I oh, see his, his tongue's red in that but one. But that's in the first one. But in, Oh, it's blue in this one. Yeah. It looks really blue. I kind of like the shade of blue he is in the first one versus this one. Too blue. Looks like a blue man. I think maybe he's in the lighting. I think the lighting he's in is kind of weird. Anyway, going back to the plot, of course, Gamora. uh, uh, Where are you? Uh, Oh, yeah, Drax yells, Mantis, watch out. Mantis, watch out. (laughs) (laughs) Ego, of course, wakes up. Uh, Quill slaps on a rocket and sends him up with, uh, excuse me. Quill slaps on a rocket. Sends him up with Mantis. Oh, that's right. He slaps slaps one of those rocket vests onto uh, a a Drax to send Mantis up because she's knocked unconscious. And as he's going up, he's screaming about his nipples. Yep. So (laughs) stupid. Gamora falls. Nebula saves her. Get over it. Uh, Yondu fights Ego with his arrow. And Ego's, but Ego's overwhelming. Ego being this like fucking rock man, like the the visual style, this is so great. Like such a unique identity. And I love how video game it is. Like this rocket, like shooting, flying around with this dumb little jetpack. Like it's fucking awesome. The The little force field he creates. To explode everything, yeah, it's so cool. This sequence is really cool and visually interesting. Uh, of course, everyone gets quickly overwhelmed and starts getting trapped into the ground. And I love the Doctor Manhattan effect here when he has to form himself. It starts with like his central nervous yeah. system first, and all the all the you know nerves and stuff, and then the electricity and comes into it. It's Feels funny where so I cool. didn't like it. And like as it goes and you realize what's happening, you're like, oh, this is actually really Twisted fucking cool. cool. But when you yeah. first see him, you're like, you look stupid as shit. Yeah. But it's like, but they won me over. I'll tell you what, a very, very haunting scene is uh, that one first sequence when they're first flying out of the room. And he's like, because that's my dad. And he's like, oh, like very, very scary face. Scary face. Of mm-hmm. him when he's like kind of forming or whatever. I know. What is Yondu's arrow made out of? Vibranium, probably. That shit like it broke right in the sequence, but mm. it's uh. I just feel like, man, like more shit could. That thing seems indestructible until I saw it break. Yeah, bro. <laughs> you feel like the tip of it maybe is like something real special. Yeah. The rest of it just aluminum. Mm-hmm. You know, it crush is, a can. Yeah. Is it like. I don't is know. Is it tech or is it something magic? I think it's with tech. like the whistling. How about a bit of both? Yeah. Well, I remember he keeps saying, he's like, I don't control the arrow with my head, I control it with my heart. Dude, that moment. Good that moment. moment. We're about to get to that right now, of course. Goosebumps, uh, Ego takes everything over. He uh, he tethers Peter one more time to the light so that the, the growth on all the planets kick up again. And then Yondu looks over and he reminds him as he's shrinking into the abyss. He says, Pete, don't forget, I don't use my head to fly the arrow boy. Is my heart. So this this whole scene is, uh, it, to me, it jumps the shark a little bit in terms of, like, getting everyone into... It reminds me of uh, Nathan Drake in Uncharted, where, like, he almost has to just make the jump. It can't ever just be like, oh, it's a dangerous thing. It always has to be the most dangerous thing. Of course, bro. Mm-hmm. Each one of the team members, like, being, like, on the brink of death and then immediately being saved at the last moment felt a little weird, but I fucking loved it. I don't even give a shit. Seeing Drax... <laughs> get buried and push Mantis up to save her. So goddamn good. Groot getting claustrophobically like closed in and the single tear going down his face. It's like all that shit was so well done, even if it was a little easy. Uh, but it was all fucking worth it for that line of... Any, I think the most great. unrealistic thing about all of it, though, is like w- one or two of them would have definitely been lost in the caverns way the hell down there. Like, <laughs> How did they all get out? Because it looked like... You know, when we see that shot of Gamora and Man or uh, Gamora and Nebula on that 
piece of rock that's like the platforming up. thing yeah like, how did none of them just like maybe just fall way the fuck down there but they're all superheroes and they're super that's why you're not a superhero you're right i would i wouldn't yeah. fall you're right super easy uh of course the faint melody of break the chains starts playing uh and, and peter tells him you shouldn't kill my mom and squished my walkman. Squished my walkman. <laughs> and he uses the power of the light to smash through Ego. And I like the touch here that Ego used to be vibrant and like colorful. And in this, and now from here on out, he's sort of like desaturated. Yeah. Uh, whereas Peter is like kind of glowing. And we see that again mirrored when he forms the full formation of himself and it cuts over to Peter and the golden rocks start forming around him. You're like, oh, he's going to be like a cool golden statue. No, it's Pac Man. Yeah, it's Pac-Man. I, yeah, well, I think it's weird. hilarious. It's weird because I think it's no, great. Like, and maybe they no. We it, talked about Pac-Man earlier. I think there was there was one little call out of Pac. Where he's like, yeah. we, where he said I'm gonna make some weird shit. I think he said Miss Pac-Man doing something or other. I think I could he be did. wrong. He did. Yeah, but it's a dumb joke. It's, but it's I, what he thought of. Yeah, I like it and it makes sense. I there's something about it that doesn't hit quite right. Like right. just the I think it's how the reveal is shown. I do love it though. But I, I'm with you, Andy. I I. I I'm usually on MCU's side when it comes to like uh, the detractors saying that the comedy is always like undercutting the dramatic moments. I feel like this was one where I'm like, let's not go to the comedy route on this one. Let's like use just like the hype because we are just full bore into excitement and yeah. like use your head, use your heart, not your like all that stuff. And it's just like, ah, oh, I didn't really love it. And it's also the uses of the sound effects, I think. Yeah. Just kind of take you out of it. Yeah. 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 It feels like product placement e like, <laughs> maybe if it wasn't something branded it wouldn't feel as like pixels movie it feels like pixels that's what yeah. i was gonna say like it, but pixels was like a product placement sort of movie right kind of like ready player one ish i haven't seen pixels i was just I was <laughs> going out all in there looking for you guys you guys left me with nothing uh I, one line that it's was before this uh that i wrote down that i fucking love is Yondu's there and I'm Groot says I am Groot and uh Rocket says he says welcome to the freaking Guardians of the Galaxy but he didn't <laughs> use freaking it's yes. like God, I love Bradley Cooper's rocket is perfect he perfect. better not die I will burn it all down uh, just all stop watching yeah but, but what else happens in that line of dialogue I just you know, because that, that's the realization where they realize, oh, he's going to sacrifice himself. Well, we're, we're right there. So yeah. Groot, said, Groot plants the bomb and finally presses the correct button to arm it. T minus five minutes and counting. Rocket refuses to leave without Yondu, but Yondu says, quote, I ain't done nothing right my whole life. You need to give me this. God Ooh. damn it. So Rocket, Ooh. of course, says, I got a space suit. I got one of these bubble suits, and I got uh, one of the the Rocket uh, thingamajiggers. I only have one. This is all I got. He gives it to him. And that's when Groot looks up to him and says, I am Groot. He says, what did he say? He says, welcome to the fucking Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't even think I cried like in any other, like in Endgame this much. Something about just Yondu dying is like. He's a tragic character. But it's also the way that it's kind of just brilliantly set up and mm -hmm. like. Yeah. It's and, real good. Yeah, man. Endgame still takes the cake for me because I'm crying for like 45 Oh, that's like a whole. Like, that's like, <laughs> you're definitely get all right. your ears crying out right You're right. There. I was, yeah. was open mouth crying. But, but, right. but still though, this is like, oh yeah. my God. Uh, Peter makes. I guess I meant from sadness, like because yeah. Endgame was like a lot of chills in that moment. But then the Tony Stark stuff, yeah. the funeral right, scene, right, all right. it's a lot, man. Yeah. Uh, of course, Gamora. Everyone's back yeah. to the ship now. Gamora realizes Peter Quill's not there, but before she can go save him, Rocket knocks her out and says, "I'm sorry, I can only afford to lose one friend today." Oh, mm. that, uh, one, <laughs> that one gets me every tough. single time. Ego pleads with Peter to stop the bomb. He says, "If you kill me, you'll be just like everyone else." And Peter says, "What's so wrong with that?" And with that, the bomb explodes, and Kurt Russell turns to cottage cheese. 
uh, Peter, we see him losing the light in his hands, and gross we... like sort of Indiana Jones effect of yeah. Dying, yeah, it's, kind of it's like you ever you ever take styrofoam and just crumble it, and it crumbles down to like little tiny yeah. pieces. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter, of course, loses light, and now he's mortal, which means he can die. Yondu uh, flies in at the last moment, scoops him up, and he says, "He may have been your father, boy, but he wasn't your daddy." And he's like, "I'm sorry." A line that no one else but Michael Rooker could say with daddy. that much earnesty and just heart, like, oh. Beautiful. Said, I'm sorry I didn't do none of it right, but I'm damn lucky you're my boy. And then he puts the bubble wrap suit on him and just watches him as he dies. Chris Pratt has a great performance <laughs> so good. as well. Like, the, like as if you if you weren't already crying hard enough, you're yeah. going to cry more with oh. Chris Pratt pleading to like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, oh, anytime that happens in a movie gets me every time. It's when he tries to get the thing off of him, yeah. but he can't because mm-hmm. it's underneath the bubble. Mm-hmm. It's really, really sad. Great moment. Great moment. Uh, and then he says, of course, we cut over and Peter's giving Yondu a eulogy <coughs> where he compares him favorably to David Hasselhoff, which, of mm-hmm. course, is the highest honor one man can bestow upon another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, quote, I guess what I'm trying to say is sometimes the thing you've been searching for your whole life was right there by your side all along. And Gamora shoots him a look and we think, oh, she's going to recognize that unspoken thing. But it's not about him. It's about Nebula. And she runs over and they have a great scene here. I love this scene where she takes the opportunity to basically apologize. She's like, I was a kid too. I didn't know any better. I, didn't, I was trying to just stay alive and I didn't realize what was happening to her. It just didn't occur to me. Um, she says, but she ends up, you know, apologizing to her as they part. Um, she gives her a hug. And to, to is it Karen Gillian or Gillian? Karen Gillen. Gillen. Great moment here where she stops herself and then completes the hug for a second. Only gives herself a second to love her sister and then bounces. Both. Dude, I mean, really, again, really the power of James Gunn is like, it's it's so lighthearted. There's so many jokes and so much fun, but there's so much like depth and character and like great like emotional moments. But like the themes and topics they're dealing with are like really heavy stuff, like toxic relationships, abusive relationships, like the complexity of family. Like how the fuck did so many amazing, like hard to talk about things kind of get dealt with in a way with a nice little bow at the yeah. end for like everything. And again, another moment where they are using comedy to kind of drive the sequence where he's talking about uh, comparing him to uh, David Hasselhoff. Mm-hmm. But then still like, and it's not just comedy because he's still like, I had a pretty great dad and God damn that line gets me, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Pretty awesome. Um, of course, uh, we get another moment here where Sean Gunn gets, uh, gets to kind of take center stage and says, Hey, uh, captain had this for you. Wanted to give it to you before he died. Uh, it's what everyone's listening to back on earth. <laughs> and of course it is a Zune. Oh my God. Couldn't have been a better choice at this moment. Perfect. And he says, quote, it has over 300 songs on it. <laughs> 300 songs. <laughs> Whoa. That's crazy. <laughs> right. Um, and then of course, Peter gives Craglin the arrow that he had rocket has mended and it says, you know, you're kind of the captain now, which is great. Um, and then they bury Yondu out in space. This scene's awesome because the flames kick up and they're rainbow-colored flames, and he particleizes as he goes out into space. Um, and then Rocket sees he's the first person to see something out there, and he announces to the group they came, and all the Ravager ships start showing up. Super rad. He says they sent word to all the Ravagers about what Yondu did. Rondu, uh, Yondu did, and they came. It's a Ravager funeral after all. And of course, Sean Gunn has the or Sean, yeah, Sean Gunn mm-hmm. has the great moment here where he just screams out in excitement. He just screams, he yeah, thing. while like crying through it. It's like so much yeah. joy, so much. Oh my god, like what a fucking moment! Just the one scene, Sean, goddamn Gunn, great. coming in at the last minute and stealing the movie. Yeah, <laughs> like and what? It's, it's he stole all of, of Gilmore Girls. He's like super underrated. I feel like in everything. The, um, the, the colors of what? Or uh, the uh, the horn of? I gotta look back on it. 
But the corn, the colors of Olgard. I'll look at Olgar uh, Hold on, let me look it up. Uh, Gilgalad. <laughs> uh, uh oh, this is gonna be hard. Because Old never forget. You have to do your Sylvester Stallone impression. Okay, okay. So it's gonna be uh, you'll never hear the horns of freedom when you die, and the colors of Ogord will never flash on your grave. And they do. You see the colors. Do, man. Great. Great, great moment. And then every here. character here gets a nice little moment. You get a moment. One. All of them. Yeah. Oh, my God. The 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 Dude, Jack's putting Groot to sleep. Oh, oh so cute. So good. But the final shot of the movie proper is a tear going down Rocket's eye. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I just love that James Gunn can be like, fuck it, man. Everyone's the main character. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just so cool. But this before that shot, Drax says it's beautiful. And so are you. Mantis on the inside. Uh. On the inside. <laughs> <laughs> That's his Guardians never of the Galaxy. A great opportunity for you. Never do it. Uh, uh, five mid and post credit scenes. This go. is uh, if I, I think I'm right in saying this is the only MCU movie that the entire credits is like a stylized. It's so cool motion yeah. graphics thing, and they keep cutting to different um, post credit scenes, and like it's super fun. The David Hasselhoff song plays that they made custom for this. Uh, movie, which is hilarious. Um, it's a music video. You should all check it out on YouTube. It's the whole cast singing and dancing. It's dumb as hell. Um, but the post-credit scenes for this one, I didn't write them down, but let's try to... Did you watch them? No. I haven't written down. Okay, cool. cool, cool yeah, so the first it. one is, uh, well, if you count this, yeah, it's a beat, but it's uh, Kraglin tries to use the arrow and sticks it, Drax in the shoulder, and man, he fucking screams. <laughs> ah! It's great. Uh, number two is Stallone rallies all the rest of his Ravengers, says we're all back together. It's so great. Let's go steal some shit. Fantastic. Uh, three is the Adam Warlock reveal. Yeah, which we'll rad. see. This is definitely going to be one of the longest uh, post-credit scenes to the follow-up that we've ever had. Uh, very excited about that. What's the kid's name that's doing this? The kid from uh, Galaxy uh -huh. Quest, I think. Oh, no, that's not Justin Long. What, what's We're this the kid? Millers, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what it's from. And he, he got Jack out of his it, gourd. And I don't remember. Who what? was he alongside in We're the Millers? I don't Season know. one of Patrick Puff. Oh, Laura Lee. <laughs> Laura Lee, baby. Never fucking uh, forget. Number four is Teen Groot with the gross room. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, the Teen Groot reveal was fucking awesome. It was like cleaning the room. And then, of course, five is Stanley and the Watchers, and they like mm. leave him stranded mm -hmm. out there. It would have been awesome if Stanley's head was like their shape, but he just had the glasses. <laughs> Will Poulter. There we go. What's his name? Will Poulter. Will Poulter. Will Poulter. There we go. Right. Got all jacked. There you go. Got real jacked. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Here's what two. I'd add to it. Like, how is Hart not in any of these movies? That's a we'll really see. Maybe it'll be in volume three. Yeah, yeah that, that's my guess for being a part three. Oh, interesting. I'm thinking we're gonna get some eagles. I don't know what eagles, but some eagles. Pretty good. I think we're gonna get slow ride. Oh, that's great. That's it's Pretty just. Good. I mean that that yeah that goes. Is pretty. that in the Guardians ride? I don't. Yes. Oh. oh, maybe that's why I thought that. Yeah. Maybe we won't get it. I know mind. what we're going to get. I also think that oh, there's a chance the we get check. Danny's no. in some sad-ass part. But I can guarantee. What is it? Holding out for a hero. Oh, <laughs> no. James, can you I feel fucking like... imagine if they did it? That'd be I think that he knows better. I, I hope he does. I know he does. Has there been any logins? Unless he jokes about it. I don't know. It could. I mean, no. I don't know if it's too late to joke about it. But, like... Everybody's kind of making fun of the clip where uh, Rocket says that, like, it's behind me, isn't it? Or one of those, like, sort of, mm -hmm. like, shitty MCU-style jokes that everybody, like, makes fun of. 
And everybody was like, oh, my God, they actually did it in the movie. But everybody's like, no, this is James Gunn just, like, making fun of that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I hope. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. Uh, Kev, can you bring up the rankings, please? I know we did this last week, but I want to look at it again. So Guardians 2, we have coming in at number eight. I think it's I think that's great. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read the top ten right now for y'all. Number one's Endgame, two's Infinity War, three's No Way Home, four is Homecoming, five Civil War, six is Ragnarok, seven's Winter Soldier, eight's Guardians 2, uh, nine's Wakanda Forever, and ten is Loki. Um yeah, man. Man. I, I feel good about that. I feel like it's in, in good company. And, you know, once you get to that top list, it is kind of like what day are we talking about and yeah. it can shift around. I Guardians 1 feels too low for me on this list, but um, I personally think definitively I prefer 2 over 1, uh, but I think that they're both pretty much as close to a 10 as you can get on these things. I mean, I'm going to say this right now. Please do. I think our top 10s. Pretty good. I don't know if Loki belongs in the top ten, but I think one through nine, I'm pretty fucking solid on. I'm not gonna lie. I was I, I was a little, a little cooler on Loki than you guys probably were, but I'm cooler on Wakanda Forever. I don't think it's a top ten. I, I think tell you that what, Black Panther should be there instead of Wakanda Forever. I I will disagree with you guys. I watched Wakanda Forever about a month ago with D. Fuck me, that movie's good. Yeah, so good. It, I got the end of it. Nineteen is crazy. I mean. Yeah, there was there were some criticisms of it. It's uh but but I mean Wakanda Forever, I think if you want to talk about a a good movie that stands outside of the MCU, just the story told there I thought was really, really well done. Me personally. That one that one hit me real hard again for the second time. Well, next week we will be adding one to wow. our MCU interview list, our forty first wow. entry. But no, even that's not right. It's our technically our forty second. Um, because yeah, Greg Miller still needs to to get his vote in for uh, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Um, forty two guys. Holy shit! That's so <laughs> and cool. I'm talking here about Guardians two being the fifteenth project. <laughs> when is Greg gonna watch Ant Man? I don't know, man. My life's really hard with scheduling, okay, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I try my best to have the sanctity of the list. <laughs> Some people just don't respect it, dude. <laughs> try it, okay? <laughs> but uh, let us know in the comments below how crazy you think we are or how absolutely perfect we are. Either way, I will appreciate it. What do you think of Guardians 1? What do you think of Guardians 2? What song do you think will be in Guardians 3? What do you have for lunch? I really don't care. I just want engagement on this fucking video. <laughs> Please leave a comment and then share it with your friends. I love you all. Until next time, goodbye. Have a marvelous day.